you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL podcast is really stretching this off-season content. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. It is... Officially, we are 100 days away from NFL 100. The kickoff of the 2019 season is 100 days away. Hmm. How about that? Exactly as we tape? As we tape on Tuesday afternoon, we are 100 away. Well, no, we'd be in the middle. We'd be at the edge of the first games of the morning here in L.A. It's 1.12 p.m. And veering (laughs) into the second games. (laughs) Right. But from a day's, I'm not saying to the hour or to the minute. I am. 100 days away. Well, this is our time. This is the best time of year. Let's be real about it. Memorial Day weekend is a nice part of it. We had Wes's wedding. Nice pop. And it's still continuing until about, you know, training camp. So this is this is the time. So you could Matt Money Smith can eat it with his his little start in terms of stretching content. This is time of the year to stretch our legs, enjoy our families and friends. That's nice. Let's continue to verbally assault people who have been working for free for almost seven years on this show. Um, Speaking of spending time with family, I was at Legoland. Uh, A very nice family, Wes, since you're on the plan. You're on the May plan, which means engaged in May, married in May, kid one in May, and kid kid two in May. You're going to become familiar with Legoland in about four years or so, and it was quite nice. I, I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed um, getting a bunch of mentions about being a shirtless firefighter. I d- and I don't know all the context yet. I, I have not dug into Friday's show, but it sounded like it was a fun time with Steve Weish. Uh, but um, that was surprising. I think you were that. celebrated. Would would that be fair? Absolutely. You yeah. were, you're a focal part of uh, <laughs> Mark Sessler's guided meditation. A 60 seconds only. It was a nice little uh-huh. interlude that relaxed everyone or nice. uh, aroused the, uh, others. A certain population of the audience. Ah! No deeds of your own, Dan. I now think of you as a much more manly presence because of Mark's guided meditation. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Part of me doesn't even want to check. There's a little bit of a mystery yeah, to it. You pretty, much know, the, you pretty much know the... You, know, you could the, probably the, fill in the blanks. The story at this point. <laughs> um, all right. Coming up on today's show, um, we're going to hit the news, including... Um, the, the death of one of the great players in NFL history. Uh, so we'll get to that. And uh, also, genies are hot right now. I mean, there's no way around it. There's no two ways around it. Everyone's talking about it. People are buzzing about genies. We're living in the age of the genie-sons. <laughs> Aladdin. Greg, I know you love that website, boxofficemojo.com. I just... Uh... Well, I went with Box Office Guru, their rival oh. right now, just to, just to check what Aladdin did for the weekend. Yeah. Well, it cashed out over 100 million over Memorial Day weekend. So genies are hot, and there's no way around it. So we're going to lean into that, and that's a good way to grow 
listenership and also just be part of the zeitgeist. You want to be part of the national uh, conversation. Is that a sitar? That that's some Arabian music, right? That feels like, a little sitarish. Feels like Aladdin, though. I mean, it did monster business. So, Absolutely, you know, Dude, mixed, genies are hot. Mixed reviews, a lot of people no way around whining it. about it. But kind of like how Big Bang Theory gets higher ratings than Game of Thrones, yet like no one really talks about. I mean, even this season with Game, you know, sure, you know, but no one really talks about it. I feel like Aladdin, it's not on the tip of a lot of people's tongues that I know. Well, hundred million. Well, I mean, it was dollars. it was to your lashed by critics, which I've not seen the film, so I don't know why, but they were they found it to be wanting. So, so within that box office proof. With that in mind, uh, we will put on our genie hats. I don't want to say something culturally insensitive, so I'm just going to call it a genie hat. I don't really know the background of genies in a big picture. I don't know what the I never saw Aladdin, the cartoon or this live action film. So the, the genie hat, you put it on. It's got the feather on it and the jewel. Am I doing okay? I've never seen Aladdin. Ricky, this was your generation, right, Aladdin? How no. could you guys not have seen Aladdin? I was no, old. Aladdin is our generation. That's how really old did, but we I never, are. I never wow. saw any Disney movies almost. I saw like one or two, room, and then it was the like, who yeah. are you people? It was like, hey, what do we need? The I more, was in my 20s when it came out. Why would I be watching no, Aladdin? No, but he's never seen any Disney movie. Oh, yeah. I'm saying a couple. Bizarre. Yeah, my, mom, my mom took me to like Beauty and the Beast or something when I'm seven. I was like, I don't need to see any more of these. And I was like, no. That's what a do classic, you think you don't need to see anymore? That's classic born age 32 because everyone knows that Beauty and the Beast came out in 92. Greg's just making up stuff saying he was seven. That would have been like, what, 86? <laughs> Whatever the first Disney, classic. you're right. That no childhood movie. probably was not Beauty and the Beast. It have was, you ever seen I, Pinocchio? Little Mermaid. It was yeah, well, yeah. yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I think that was it. But that's, that uh, it was one when I was like eight or nine, and it was like that once was enough. I, don't I was mean, trying to get out of there halfway mermaid through. Mermaid was nice. <laughs> I liked Mermaid. All right. Anyway, what I was trying to say was that we're going to put on those hats, <laughs> and um, and then we're going to grant a wish to NFL teams. So we're going to go around the horn a couple times, maybe three times, try to hit a bunch of teams, uh, and give a wish that will or grant a wish. That's that's the correct way to put it, that will aid a team immeasurably in 2019 and perhaps beyond. All right, there you go. Let's do some news. 16 seconds remaining, 17 to 14. Takes the snap. He's got the quarterback taken. He's able to touch down the Packers are out in front. And the Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions. Ah, yes, Bart Starr, his famous Quarterback sneak in the ice bowl. Um, Star passed away on Sunday in Birmingham, Alabama at 85 years old. Uh, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, of course. Uh, the, part of the, the holy trinity of Green Bay quarterbacks, Star, Favre, Rogers. Well, it all started uh, with Star, who won an unprecedented five NFL championships as the Packers starter. Uh, in 61, 62, 65, 66, 67, and was known, uh, in addition to being the leader of that team and the quarterback, but one of the great playoff players of all time, the guy that, in addition to just being um, the field general, stepped up to play in January when it mattered most, and that's how legends are made, and that's what Bart Starr was. He had suffered a number of health uh, setbacks over the years, including strokes that had... um, severely limited his ability to communicate. Peter King wrote about it in his um, column on Monday. Uh, the effort just to say a simple sentence uh, late in his life became a great challenge. So Starr dealt with a lot of challenges late in his life, but he will be remembered 
uh, as a Packers great and one of the more important players, Chris Wessling, in the history of the National Football League? I think a lot of people think of Vince, Vince Lombardi as the greatest football coach of all time, and some people consider him the greatest American coach in any sport of all time. Bart Starr was an extension of him on the field, and this is a time for our younger listeners or those new to the game. In the 1960s, quarterbacks called their own plays, with the exception of Paul Brown's quarterbacks. Listen up, Tim Posey. You could learn something here. Bart Starr called his own plays, and I remember reading a book called One More July by George Plimpton and Bill Curry, and they were talking about coming up with the perfect quarterback of the 1960s based on composite traits. And a lot of it is Unitas, like Unitas' toughness, his accuracy. But the one area, I think, where they talked about you would want Bart Starr's game management, strategy, and play calling. Hmm. He was calling his own plays. He looked across the line of scrimmage, diagnosed defenses in the same way that Peyton Manning, Tom Brady have done in this generation, and he was the best at it. So I, I think that, to me, you know about his playoff record. You know about the five championships, the quarterback of arguably the greatest dynasty in the 20th century, and um, I, I think that that's his legacy. Well, and he, he – first of all, he won three straight. So he has the five titles because a lot of times when you, they show, okay, Brady's got six and they show Super Bowls, it always kind of bothers me because it's like, well, st- you know, Bart Starr kind of gets job there because – Just because it's not – He won the Super first Bowl. two Super Bowl MVPs, first of all, which is, you know, that's – no one's ever going to do something like that. He's the only person to have won three straight uh, as a quarterback. You know, Tom Brady hasn't been able to do that. But I think what stands out with him is that, like, Lombardi wouldn't have gotten to Lombardi without – Bart Starr. You know, he was a, a backup. He had gotten benched at one point, but at, at some point, they were starting to roll teams offensively. There was a, a big championship game against the Browns where it was expected to be like this titanic uh, battle of the two best teams, and they rolled them up 55-7, to seven, and Bart Starr's throwing passes all up and down the field. It's, I, I kind of went into... You know, when I first started in football, thinking the same thing, that he's just kind of this game manager that got carried along by the team around him, but it really wasn't like that. You mentioned that the Lombardi needed star and star needed Lombardi. You could say the same thing with Belichick and Absolutely. Brady. It's the conversation we have today about who's more important. And this is, to me, one stat that stands out in terms of all-time dominant stretches. And, yes, we're witnessing one right now in a never-ending fashion in New England. But from 1961 to 67, Starr went 69-18-4 as a starter in the regular season and 9-0 and in the playoffs. They defined 60s football. I also think like, he played till age 37, which you think back then, oh, no quarterback obviously could fare well, which there were a handful of guys that played way longer than most thought. And he played his last three-plus seasons as almost a favor to the Packers per stories because he wanted to retire and they didn't have the proper quarterback to hand the team off to. So who would do that today? Hang around for (laughs) nearly half a decade longer to do the Green Bay Packers a favor. There was this other great story where a fan basically wrote him and said, you know, after one of the many infrequent failures they had, they were so easy to watch, that he was running out on the – he was done with the Packers, this fan. And Bart Starr wrote him and he said, we are sorry to lose you as a fan, of course, but what is sadder is the example you are setting for your own sons. I hope while you redirect their young minds in the future, you will include tolerance so that when you occasionally Mm. err or unintentionally disappoint them, they will not lose their faith in you. Dropping a bomb on someone through the U.S. mail. Not a literal bomb, a verbal bomb. snail mail. (laughs) 
<laughs> I also the other thing is around the time, and I know Wes and I are so much older than you two, but it's like when yeah. we would start watching football in the Half mid eighties, like legit. That's pretty. Every Sunday they would drop on you clips of the Ice Bowl, clips of Bart oh, yeah. Starr, and to us, and when you're growing up, you look back and you think. Those guys must have toiled 50, 60, 70 years ago because it's grainy black and white footage. But the space between that time and when the clip they were showing is no different than watching rookie year highlights of Tom Brady at this point. Hmm. Meaning wow. we are very old, but <laughs> wow. that ancient time that really was great. not as far as w- away as we think. And Bart Starr was a pivotal foundational member of the NFL we watch today in a million ways. He coached for nine seasons too and had – a really rough record. That would that would never happen in the NFL now. That he almost had no win- winning seasons. That didn't go well because he was always almost. They, they said he was afraid to criticize. But like one of his famous moments as a player is essentially told Lombardi, "Stop!" You know, he confronted him. Stop, kind of taking me down in front of the team. That he thought it was bad for the team. No one had really stood up as much to Lombardi before, and that was kind of when he became the guy. Well, Unitas. His famous quote is, you don't become a quarterback until you can tell your coach to go to hell. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Bart Starr, dead at the age of 85. Uh, moving on uh, to modern NFL talk, we'll start on the throne of Sleaze, uh, where the New England Patriots, of course, are moving on uh, or seeking to move on from the Rob Gronkowski era. Part of that was bringing Ben Watson out of retirement Um uh, but there's a little bit of a snag there because Watson revealed in a Facebook post on Sunday that he failed the drug test administered in March. And there's a little more to this story uh, than usual uh, when these things pop up because Watson was very open about it. He owned it. He said, hey, listen, I retired. I was 38. I was done. I went to a doctor. I was all banged up because these guys, their bodies just get brutalized. And I was administered or uh, prescribed a medication that would make me feel better and, and make me heal up in a, in a more speedy fashion. It happens to be what that was, uh, bio-identical testosterone cepanate, which Wes takes uh, every day. Um, that <laughs> I don't happens. think I could afford That explains it. the body. <laughs> yeah. it's, starting, it's starting to make sense. Uh, that falls under the NFL's banned substances list. So when the Patriots brought him out of retirement, Watson didn't even realize it first, and then bang, he gets hit uh, with uh, the positive test, which triggers the four-game ban. Uh, so, again, and we talk about this. I feel like on this podcast we're all in lockstep that – the idea of performance-enhancing drugs. There's a difference between when a guy like Deion Jordan gets popped. What was the famous uh, – I love <laughs> it, it. It looked like his shoulders were inflated. Yeah. Yeah, blown and, up. And what happens with these players, because their their bodies take such a beating, they just trying to get better. And Watson was not trying to beat the system or anything like that. He was just trying to get better. In general, I would think, Greg, that they, they should loosen up some of these things just to let the players heal and let modern medicine do what modern medicine can do. Uh, but Watson out four games, uh, but he'll be back. And the Patriots built into the contract uh, potential escalators to recover yeah. the lost money. They knew. They knew. So he found out. He had already decided he wouldn't come back or he was open to it. But then he found out literally that week as he was talking to teams, primarily the Patriots, that this was going to happen. So they knew it. Uh, before they signed him and they decided to, to sign him anyways. Maybe not the worst thing in the world for a 38-year-old guy to play 12, 12 games. It does kind of point out, though, like how crazy that, like, doc, you know, how crazy a, a spot it is for players and the league that, like, it's good for his body. You know, doctors pr- prescribe what the NFL counts as PEDs all the time at this point, you know. 
testosterone. You know, that it was like good for him to recover, and yet it's something you can't take. And the cloudiness that must be draped over any time anyone goes into a doctor post-career or even during a career and has recommended something, whose job is it to safety check all the ingredients and find out if you're going to get banged with a suspension? Right, he said he didn't even think about it because he thought he was retired. This- I, I will tell you once again, and I've mentioned it before and I'll mention it every two weeks, Seth DeValve will be signed to the Patriots. Okay, he fingers crossed. Is he unsigned role. right now? What's, where he's, is saying, he's on Cleveland, so either I think he's going to get dumped by Cleveland at one point and get added, or I can see a low-level trade, mm, which, like which in theory will become a high-level trade when he catches 80 How? In, what's your piece scale on DeValve and Gordon having some key playoffs moments to your consternation you know I think last year when when Gordon went (laughs) to the Patriots the Browns were nothing that they are right now and it was just another massive annoyance couldn't care less today you deal with Josh Gordon you deal with it um and it's interesting around this time with this Ben Watson situation is coming out Chris Long who recently retired so that yeah he smoked weed all the time uh, as a player because the NFL drug policy was fairly easy to manipulate or just use common sense because you knew your testing uh, date ahead of time. And he said he didn't do You know, he's not doing that to be, you know, uh, listen to sublime records and hang, hang out at uh, Huckapoo's. Uh, he's doing it because it was, it helped him heal mentally and physically. Mm. Yeah, Steve Weiss added some really rich uh, details and analysis to that <laughs> subject on yes. Friday. Was it? Steve, you know, by the way, Steve I'm Weiss just is, kidding, Steve Weiss's <laughs> body, by the way, it's tight. It's it's outrageous. I mean, you guys I, talk about that too. Well, I, yeah. I, I did. Well, I guess we knew you would want to. I, I made a, you would have wanted. I made a comment just how he was the elder states elder statesman in the room, but he clearly was in the best shape, mm. and that and that it's, uh, inspired him to flex, which was caught uh, beautifully by our social. That's the only thing well I think done. you would have wanted to have been in the studio for. It would have. It was quite. I would a have sight liked that. But I also would like if we don't talk about that show anymore. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've, it's come up twice now. I think it's. You brought it up the first. I mean, we. You know, I, yeah, do yeah, like, I was being magnanimous early on. You know, you're taking a little shot at Sublime, but I feel like there's been like a mild critical. Um, reckoning with Sublime that they're getting a little more love now than they were back in the day. People are like, you know what? Sublime actually, they were pretty good. I I always loved Sublime. I did too. You know, not everything needs a think piece. <laughs> you know, does Sublime need to, do we need a reckoning they're back. Sublime? I think they're they back. They were fine. They were great. I think the word mild was appropriately used there. Uh, Gerald, McCoy, Gerald McCoy is still on the market. He met with the Cleveland Browns last week uh, after his release uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after 10 seasons there. He spent time with Cleveland but left without a contract, Tom Pellicero reported. Uh, they had a good meeting. Cle- Mark, pay attention here. They had a good meeting, it was termed, between McCoy and the Browns. But he's going to meet now uh, with the Baltimore Ravens. That was supposed to happen today, Tuesday. Uh, the Bengals and Panthers, according to Mike Garofola, other teams that have expressed interest in signing the six-time Pro Bowl defensive tackle, McCoy has also let it be known he wants to sign with a contender. Speaking of things that have changed, Mark, for your Cleveland Browns, so that does not take the Browns out of the mix by any stretch. Uh, so uh, McCoy, ex- expect him to sign with a team that's you know in good in good uh, condition right now as we enter the 2019 season. Just hasn't happened yet. Well, I mean, if you're the team that he's already visited and left the building, and upcoming are the Ravens the Colts, the Saints, and potentially the Patriots as interested suitors. You'd want to have gotten them, I think, before the holiday weekend, got them signed, get the whole thing moving. Now you're having to like track him down while he's hanging out with John Harbaugh. Not as easy. Hmm. Big-time player. 
45 plus pressures the last two years. It's, if he was one of our top 101 free agents, he would have been in my top six or so. But or does the eight. game match the name at this point? Yes or no? Chris Wessling. Yes. So I don't study interior defensive linemen as much as I should. Reverse but, humble brag. But what I've read about him is that he can still rush the passer, but more than ever, he doesn't hold the line against the run. That he cheats to get into position to rust the passer and freelances a lot. And freelancing, it's one of those fuzzy terms that's hard to pick up on tape if you don't know the defense or the assignments. But it's usually what – that's how players get released. Gotcha. Moving on. Donovan McNabb, you remember him. He uh, played many years for the Eagles, uh, s- spent some time with the Redskins. But 11 of his 13 NFL seasons with the Eagles, 167 games – uh, he threw for 234 touchdowns, piled up a whole mess of yards, almost 38,000 yards, uh, and in general was one of the – if we did the Dalton scale back in McNabb's prime, he certainly was on the right side of that scale for many years. Uh, he would like to say he was on t- something called TMZ Sports, like a television show apparently. I know they have the website, but there's a TV show, and he was on it. Uh, he was asked if he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, and McNabb said, absolutely, I'm not hesitating on that. I am a Hall of Famer. My numbers speak for itself. My numbers are better than Troy Aikman, but he has Super Bowl <laughs> rings, and he he's played with Hall of Famers as well. Uh, Greg, you you just you what scoffed? You, you, well, the Aikman thing. Yeah, yeah. give me a break. Mm-hmm. Is is Donovan McNabb? I'm going to open up the floor here. Worthy of the Hall of Fame, or at least the discussion, a serious consideration. Ab- absolutely. Con- consideration and discussion and he seems like a guy who might be right near the border uh to me that that he is in that mix because i look at it more like how many top 10 seasons did you add more importantly how many top five seasons did you have if i was doing the old uh, qb index back then i think McNabb would have been about five or six in the league for a long time like he was a, he had a much better career i think and was a better player than eli manning for instance or or some other quarterbacks that have have gotten in just off of playoff run that he was a top five to six type of guy for, for much of his career. Sometimes it comes down to one game for these hall of fame things. And I remember 10 years ago, I think it was late in the gate playoff game against the Arizona Cardinals for the NFC championship. McNabb ends up throwing for 375 yards and three TDs. The Eagles lose. And I remember thinking if he wins that game, he's going to the hall of fame, right? He's still got five years left in his career. He still can do this, and then they lost. And I said, I bet he doesn't go to the Hall of Fame because of that loss. And if he uh, that game, if he finds a way to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, uh, and it, it is, I would say, Eagles fans would probably think this. Although I think he has a bit of a complicated relationship with the Eagles fans. The story, whether it's true or not, I think it's true that he threw up on the field and and that last key drive against New England. That's kind of. To me, anyway, what if you say Donovan McNabb, what, what do you think of? I think of him throwing up on the field in the Super Bowl against the Patriots and being completely winded when the clock's ticking down and they're down two scores. Uh, Andy that's Reed, not Andy Reid's uh, finest moment either. No, Reid deserves heat about how they handled the clock there, and Reid's always been famous about being poor with the clock. But that sticks to you too. I mean, Eli Manning maybe not as good a quarterback as Donovan McNabb talent-wise, but he has two Super Bowl MVPs, and McNabb threw up on the field at the Super Bowl. I know he's also on television, and in that world he has to say he should not be. provocative stuff. <laughs> well, he was on our network for a while, and I remember once sitting anymore. next to him. He doesn't like, do himself any favors. 
No, but he was like consistently seems like, hey, can you look this up for me? And I'm like, I'm actually writing articles, but I'll be happy to look up stats for Donovan McNabb who's sitting next to me really? in the studio. But he, I don't need the I don't need him to bring up the Aikman comparison on any level. That but this is, is what he does. He can't he can't compliment himself without tearing someone else down. That but that's like that's his fair. Hall of Fame argument is completely separate to me. Uh, Aikman did exactly what he was asked to do, and there were a huge pocket of people that started the Tony Romo has better stats than Troy Aikman. We're talking about a, a different generation. Exactly, now twenty McNabb's years even, separating it. Now McNabb's stats actually look a, as good as they are for much of his career. They would look even better now because he was throwing four hundred passes a year, four hundred fifty. He was a running quarterback, but like you know, I think Terrell Davis and some of the guys that have been on our air and and other networks, I think it helps them ultimately get into the hall. I think it helps a little bit that they're just kind of in the mix. McNabb's like the opposite. The more he talks, the less chance I think he gets because <laughs> yeah. he. Well, Pete Rose. He, this uh, is not the, this is not the first time he's popped up in the news. It's been many many times, Jeez. and he's it's he it's, lacks self awareness. He's his own worst it's a enemy. Tough spot. And it's going to get harder and harder for quarterbacks of yesteryear to make any fringe quarterbacks to make any argument because their numbers are going to be utterly drowned. I think I'm very high on him, and I think he's borderline. I think he has very, very little chance to actually make it, though. Also, stop using stats in football discussions. Bang. Uh, Okay, three more quick items here. I'll just spin through them. Richie Incognito signs a one-year contract with the Raiders. Mike Mayock spoke at Raiders OTAs today and and made it clear that this is very much a touch-and-go situation. Incognito, who's had a host of issues on the field, off the field, you name it, uh, has to be a good citizen inside and outside the locker room. But uh, after coming out of retirement, he was still a very um, productive guard for the Bills in those recent seasons. So he he signs a deal. Uh, J.J. Watt, he's engaged to a soccer player, Kilia Ojai. Um, and he did the thing on Twitter or Instagram or social media where he had somebody stationed with a camera to get uh, the in, in real-time photo, which I'm a little disappointed Wes didn't do this. I feel like this is something Wes would do, uh, but maybe he didn't have a handler nearby to take the photo. Uh, him actually proposing in the same thing, A-Rod did it, and now J.J. Watt does it, and there's some connected tissue. With a yacht in the guys. background? With a yacht in the background on a jetty, it appears in what may be Nantucket. So. Are we already at the stage where Wes is receiving brushback and, you know, I guess it would be criticism for the process <laughs> of his getting married and, the, and when he went through I'm the, just saying. We're, we're a week away from the afternoon. You would have liked that. Wes and Lakeisha knew, are a very social media uh, savvy couple. Probably. If he knew Erica better yeah. back then, maybe. You know, she That's could, true. Erica didn't shoot the wedding. I don't think I've ever been no. accused of being social media. Sad. I know this this one was on this these pictures were on Mark's radar for sure. Well, I mean I think I'm happy for him and I he's a, a overt sort of luscious male product. He looks very good yeah. in the photos. It nice, looks great nice and his work. his clothing line. I mean what a, what a I have shirt one of his shirts makes. and I wear it all the time. What all the product. time. Excellent. Every day. Tremendous. And uh, finally, in the news, Pat Shermer spoke at Giants OTAs talking about their quarterback situation. Eli Manning and rookie Daniel Jones, you know, noted that they both have calm demeanors, but both are, quote, fiery under the covers. Ah! Would not have guessed it, but sometimes you never know. How did that come up? Uh, they were talking about, um, I don't know. I, I can't piece it together to you. I'm just saying what he said, under the covers, <laughs> fireballs. <laughs> I do. Sometimes you get surprised by those things. Yeah. Yeah, just even that Shermer would know. 
Right. It's well, how, right. Is, That's it's, how is this intense Extensive. Venn diagram yes. of information? Extensive I, scouting department. I do like all the the pictures, which just it was part of the combine, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Sort of the interview like process. The memes where it's just I'm basically guessing. like the Spider-Man meme, except it's Daniel Jones and Elon. It is Manning. weird. <laughs> like Daniel where it's Jones like them is... just like as. Yeah, it's great. Maybe he's like a secret uh, late period Manning brother that was raised up in a different uh, family. You know, that happens in like backstory. He's much younger. He's a little bit better looking. And if he's a little bit better as a player, well, they made the right move. Wait, we'll let's, let's just drill down to what Mark's implying here. So you're saying that Archie Manning potentially had a secret child that was raised elsewhere under a I'm different not necessarily name. Um, you know, putting Archie Manning out there as the guilty party. It could be anyone related to the either parent. But I'm not suggesting that this, this also is the case. If they look this much alike, their body language mirrors each other. I would just say That's, it's out there as a suspicious scenario and you're best friends with the quarterback and then you're drafted by the Giants after the Giants have spent two years coddling Manning waiting for Daniel Jones to be a graduate from college. That is Duke. a great seg into our ad read here. This Father's Day, give dad a gift packed with Omaha Steaks. Archie, Braves. love it. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter code AROUND in the search bar for 74% off the Father's Day Steak Fix gift package. A big bucket of steak. That's what you want. Dad's going to like it. That's a $235 value for for only $59.99. Order now and you'll get two tender filet mignon. Mark, you pay attention to this. This might bring you back. Mark, not a meat eater, but this might bring him back. Ears peeled. Ew. Whatever that means. Two bold top sirloins, two savory pork chops, four Omaha Steaks burgers, four massive gourmet jumbo franks. A lot of people don't connect jumbo franks when you're talking steaks, but guess who does? Omaha, baby. Um, Four crispy chicken fried steaks, all beef meatballs, uh, four premium chicken breasts, four caramel apple tartlets for dessert. Wes, how about that? A packet of Omaha Steaks signature seasoning, which is very important, the seasoning. And you'll get four extra Omaha Steaks burgers free. Just go to omahasteaks.com, type the code AROUND in the search bar. That's omahasteaks.com, and type AROUND in the search bar to get the Father's Day Steak Fix Package today. Get that meat. The most famous door-to-door Omaha Steaks salesman I know. Icky Woods. <laughs> Currently? No, this was like 10 years yeah. ago. He used to he used well, to do the Icky Shuffle as he was selling Oof. Omaha steaks to people. Life's tough. I mean, I would buy them, though. Life comes at you fast. I'd buy steaks off of Icky. Icky shouldn't have to be shuffling to sell steaks. That man. Well, he's had star. a bit of a resurgence, you know, in the last half He had the commercial. Decade. It sounds like it. I interviewed Icky uh, right when he had that. I think it was a Geico commercial. where he, Yeah. And it was played constantly, and I'm sure it was a nice windfall from financially, which doesn't sound like a bad thing. Um, and uh, he was—he seemed pretty pleased with himself. This is about 2014 <laughs> or 13. I, I maintain that Icky <laughs> on your radar. Icky has bit. always been an interesting character, and he made following football more enjoyable for a lot of people. Uh, see, there's that soft spot in your heart for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, that was, that was back when uh, when I was a fan. That it's was coming the 80s. around yeah. again. Uh, not not bloody likely. I mean, it was really a one year sensation of sorts. He's well, he blew out bit, his but... blew out his ACL the next year. Mm. You got your money worth, Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
Genies are hot right now. Everybody knows it. No one's refuting it. It's just that's what's going on in society. And as I noted earlier, mm. we have a popular NFL podcast. Well, it didn't happen by accident. We surf the zeitgeist. That's what we do here. Surf the zeitgeist. So what we're doing there's here. A big, there's a big genie show, too, a cartoon, Shimmer and Shine. See, you very have popular a girl. with the young girls. Okay, very good. See? Plugged in. Genies. Unstoppable right now. So I'm going to put on the genie hat, and I'm going to hand them out to you guys. Bang, bang, bang. Genie hat, ruby, feather. Erica, can you look up the, the proper term for the genie hat? Isn't it a turban? Oh, oh careful there. Oh. I don't know. Just want to make sure we have it right. I'll let someone else go on record with the... Yeah, I mean, the only potential thing that's been offensive about any of this is you even just bringing up <laughs> that it could be offensive. Wait, doesn't Will Smith have a top knot and not even a hat whatsoever? I haven't seen the film. But you sound like you know. I read an article on Will Smith Some more DTG. <laughs> This is more like the. Uh, <laughs> this is more like the cliche, you know, the signature genie of our past. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. And I dream of. Now you went too far back. Oh, sorry. Okay, here we go. So, we're all gonna go around the horn. We're genies. We're gonna grant one wish to NFL teams. Uh, be somewhat quick about it. We want to hit as many teams as possible. Uh, but dig in, and we're gonna start with Greg Rosenthal. No, I'm, I, I've pointed over there. I want to see. I want to see the vibe. Of what's oh, you want to get on. the vibe? Yeah, yeah. You want the vibe? All right, Chris Wessling. <laughs> well, I don't know if I should be. All right, let me start. I, I, I'll, do, I'll do it. Oh, okay, go ahead. You know, I'm the leadoff hitter here. All right, there you are. And we got a big game coming up Wednesday. The Shield after a rainout. Play ball. Four and two. Got to finish in that top three to be in the uh, top four to be in the playoffs. Any threat not to? Four and two sounds like a good. I record. think we're going to have to essentially um, win about. Five of seven to close out to make the playoffs, mm. which isn't really possible. Mm. How many? It's a different structure this, this year. Mm. Well, you could field a team of garbage cans against some of these teams in the league and still win. Right. There's eight teams. You got to get in that top four to be in the oh, playoffs. Okay. All right. Anyway, I like I like your chances, guys. Thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Here we go, Wes. Get us going. Well, it's a make or break season for the Texans' offensive line, and the wish I'm going to grant them is that their first and second round draft picks, Titus Howard and Max Sharping, become instant impact bookend tackles, and they never have to play Matt Khalil or Central Henderson for even one snap of the 2019 mm. season. Mm. Mm. Concise, beautiful. That's I, why you, you should have had Greg go first. <laughs> I, was, I was too busy. I was trying to communicate with eyes with Erica, and I wasn't listening, so I missed it. I, well, I, I think was it sounds for, like you didn't miss much. What I was looking for was no, context was clues from Greg or Mark. No, I was going to jump I in. I didn't get it. It, it, it. I think it's a great wish to grant because it's not just a wish for Deshaun Watson or Texans fans or Bill O'Brien. It's for all NFL fans because it's if you guys see, you've seen on Twitter the last – Handful of days, those tear makers, you know, the, it's it's been oh, very yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. You know, the tears. Surfing the zeitgeist. A lot of zeitgeisty quarterback. It's one of it's it's a delightful little uh, internet joke. 
But what I've noticed in some of these tiers, Deshaun Watson, it's like people are still like waiting and seeing to see about Deshaun Watson. And they're kind of like, okay, yeah, he's good. But like, I don't think people are giving him the full respect for a man who came back from a torn ACL and did what he did and did what he did as a rookie. And it's partly because of these offensive, it's largely because of these offensive linemen aren't giving him the optimal chance to shine as much as he can. So I want to see that. I think the one negative result of that would be that Bill O'Brien and his GM friend, like who have essentially done nothing. His name is Brian Gaines. I know you he love him. Like they, they did, they did too little to solve this issue. They've tried. They, they've tried. They had tried. They've thrown stuff at it, but I don't think they've thrown anything. It's it's the opposite of what a team in their own division, the Colts, did with their offensive line over the past couple of years, and they get away with looking too good. But that's what genies do. Genies well, give you things you maybe don't deserve thank you. organically. Thank you. Just to play devil's advocate, I think Brian Gaines would say. Look what I've had to pick from on the free agent market in the draft. I mean, you, you can't expect me to make chicken salad. Yeah, I'm not. I think Brian Gain escapes poop. some of the critique I don't know. At this point. I don't know. I mean, the, you know, the offensive I line. Fun. I think offensive line is largely about coaching. So, All right. Come, I'm going to grant a wish. I'm putting on the hat. What is, the na- what is it called? Right, I'm figure. seeing Genie Turban or Sultan Turban. Okay. I can't so get Turban. They occasionally wear for that one. The Fez is occasionally thrown in as well. I'm just fez? I'm doing that off of research. This okay. is not, you know. There we go. You'll see the Fez. All right, here we go. Here's mine. Sammy Watkins. Uh, you know, I here's my wish. It's a wish for the Kansas City Chiefs that Sammy Watkins becomes the star. Two teams have been waiting for him to become for six years. And he was limited to 10 games last year because of that foot injury. It was the fifth straight season he didn't play a full season. Second time in three years he's missed at least six games. And um, he tweeted this, and this is an interesting tweet. I will be the best this year, mark my word. I want it more now than I ever did before in my life. I'm sacrificing everything to get where I once was. The world will now get to witness my greatness again. Hashtag Starship 14. Hashtag Limitless 14. A lot of stuff there. But anyway, Tyreek Hill's in limbo. Mecole Hardman from Georgia. They took him in the second round, and a lot has been made about that that Hardman needs to make an instant impact in year one, and that's probably true. But I think a lot of people, at least I'll speak for myself, are kind of overlooking that Sammy Watkins, yeah, they, they, they gave the guy a three-year $48 million deal last year, about 14 months ago, with $31 million, $32 million guaranteed in the first two years. He's supposed to be the guy. He's supposed to be a star with um, Travis Kelsey, and, and, and they're supposed to make this offense go still. So that is the, the wish I grant as the genie that Sammy Watkins – finally realizes that potential. And he's still only 25, which is crazy. He's turning 26 next month. Does anyone in this studio know whether Sammy Watkins is a good or bad football player? It, well, depends. relative to who? I'm- I have no idea if he's good or bad. He's he's the least confident football evaluation in my life, I think. Hmm. I think he's – I'm confident he can play, you know, as a starter in the NFL. Whether he's a difference maker at all to me is – the last time we saw Very him in the much field, up in the air. he had four for 114 against the Pats in the championship game, uh, that loss. Yeah. He he can do it. He just he has never moments. put it together. He yeah. has his moments. But I will say this, and I even texted Rap Sheet uh, to get his name. Uh, everybody's got to fire their agent and hire Tory Dandy. That's Sammy Watkins' agent. That guy did a nice job. 
Well, if you want to get paid, you go to Tory Dandy's office. Tory Dandy, obviously a bit of a genie himself, but I, <laughs> I look at a guy in Sammy Watkins who had early career injury issues left and right, played with Kyle Orton, Tyrod Taylor, a bunch of nothing in Buffalo, and suddenly you go to the Rams and it's like, all right, now you're going to get a chance to see what he's really about. But then suddenly he's in Kansas City. He's running out of excuses from the quarterback angle at this point. He's in a great, he's in the best situation of his career. And I wouldn't put it past some receivers once in a while, finally in around year five or six, becoming what they want. But I couldn't agree more that he's totally an enigma. I think he was a making the leap candidate at one point, and we're still waiting on well, that. He's an time. enigma no more. The wish not after granted. this. Oh, not yeah. after I this. don't know. He's been in like the two best offenses in the league, and he's just put on the turban. Bro. There. I put on the turban, and, I, and now I know that's fine. Yeah, Greg. All right, uh, I'm putting on the turban, and uh, I'm granting a wish to the Jacksonville Jaguars receivers this year, and I'm saying, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark. How about let's throw him in the Marquise Lee. I'm gonna I'm gonna grant you a wish that the ball is where you expect it to be when you try to catch it this year, where you're gonna mm. catch it in stride. Mm. Something new. Something new in your life. AJ Bouye uh, said uh, this week that he notices in practice. He notices plays in practice. He's not making as many plays because uh, Nick Foles is actually putting the ball where it's supposed to be. This is a franchise that hasn't seen an accurate pass in like six years. Give me okay. That's what I wish. That is one Sorry. of the most useful wishes Wait, no, in the entire conference. That. Yeah, I've granted it. Give it. Yeah, give, it's it done. They, they deserve it. They, I think they're gonna just Pep's gonna be in their step. Gabbert was drafted in 2011, so it's been longer than six. Right. Years. It's been like a decade since they've seen an accurate pass. Who knows? These guys might be unbelievable. Andy like Westbrook that. might be Jerry Rice for all we know. We're gonna find out now. That's why this is such an exciting uh, seg. Uh, Mark? It's yeah. a useful wish. I mean, I when I think of having a genie, I think of asking for something like the most powerful thing I could ever imagine. So as my move for genie, and we just talked about him, I'm giving Pat Shermer the rare human power to create a lightning strike from the sky. Now hear me out before you just... That is rare. Off, okay? I've never seen it before. <laughs> it's rare is... We know the Giants. Rare. They're a hot mess and they're probably going to... Oh, we're going to play Eli Manning for two years. No, you're going to be probably inserting Daniel Jones into the lineup by the end of September. Lots of issues. What I want to do is give Pat Shermer the power to unfurl a bolt of lightning from the sky at any moment during game action so he can buy the Giants time on Sundays. According to Article 4 of the NFL rulebook, if the commissioner himself decides if a lightning strike hits, he can decide how long to do a delay a game. The commissioner Maybe decides even this? by days. If, if, the, if, it gets be, if it goes beyond a ref's... Tampa Bay, you'll right, see it. Right, absolutely. Bucks, so, week three, they just put the lightning strike delay in now just as a matter of course before the game. They just assume it's... It's already there. And so this is another situation where Pat Shermer, thanks to me, every time the Giants get into trouble with their young quarterback... Instead of having to think quick, something the Giants have not been, uh, you know, giants of industry at, Pat Shermer can send down a massive (laughs) bolt of lightning. And then he can just casually and calmly look over at the Fox camera and just sort of give him a, I told you so, look, once again, I'm delaying the game. The Giants can regroup, rethink their plan, and put a better football product on the field. Thank me. So this is like in a baseball rain delay that goes on for an hour and a half. I think you use it as much as you need to on Sunday. Right. The starting pitcher doesn't come back out. 
this is a good time to so change they're repla- pitchers, this change is quarterbacks. His, whatever it, what, you just sit back, you reassess, and oh, it's Mother Nature. No, it's Pat Shermer using supernatural <laughs> okay. powers. So I thought this was like you were saying this was going to be how he transitions from Eli to Daniel Jones, but it seems deeper than that, that it's just like if he doesn't like the way the run game's coming together that day, you may need it more. You might need it more for Eli Manning than Daniel Jones at this point. So whenever you need to slow things down. Like if he has to go number two, you just like that too. Got to get to the locker room. Take care of business. Yep. Drop a line. That's what you like. That's the true power that like a genie can give and be like, Mm. you know, and he can't use it outside of football games, by the Mm. way. That was the other. He can't just use it to like blow up Highway 6 so he can take a side road. I mean, it could. hopefully he's a good guy because it could be used for evil. It could be like, oh, we're losing. uh, We're losing to the Cowboys. Let's zap uh, Zeke Elliott over on the other sideline. Whatever it takes. Team first. Um, All right. Good. We're going to go around the horn again. But I have some uh, genie conundrums for each of you. I'm going to start with Chris Wessling. Wes, I grant you one of the following superpowers. Shermer can throw a lightning strike to take a dump. So that's what he can do. But I'm going to give you three options. Unlimited intelligence, power of flight, selective invisibility. Choose one. And realize the classic genie move is to make make you seem like, oh, these are all great. And then, bang, all of a sudden it ruins your life. Or this isn't what I wanted, genie. I had to put it back, put it back. No. Every time. No, classic genie move. Got to pick one though, us. The factor and everything. Damn, that's a tough one. Um, flight? Eh, I'm afraid of heights, so that's not really helping me out. Yeah. Uh, I'll take unlimited intelligence, even though that's asking for um, a lot of trouble. Yes, that's asking for tons of trouble. I'll never have a full night's sleep again. No. <laughs> I will. That was be, the last choice I would have. I will be in a straight jacket within the next year. Yep. Yeah. Or you'll be on a slab in some underground government bunker and they're dissecting your brain while you're conscious. Where's Genie then, Wes? Plus, if I have unlimited intelligence, I'll find a way to make myself invisible. So, there we go. Very good. Hmm. Let's go around the horn again now, starting with Chris Wessel. I'm taking that flight. Oh, yeah. I like invisibility. (laughs) Putting on my turban here with the... Yeah, fine. You're clear. With the sapphire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, and the lightning strike that came via Mark Sessler through Pat Shermer's hands and struck New York, <laughs> it has repercussions that extend to Buffalo. And it gives Josh Allen extra powers of accuracy. Mm. The wish I grant Bills fans, long-suffering Bills fans, is that Josh Allen adds accuracy to his game and becomes the most electric quarterback in football this year. Wow. Now that would turn the AFC upside down. This guy was fun to watch last year down the stretch. He wasn't fun to watch the whole season, but when he's running for 100 yards, just because he's more physically gifted than just about anybody out there, that's fun to watch. Mm. And he's almost kind of fun to watch when it's not going that well either, if you're not a Bills fan. Because you don't know what the heck's going to happen on any play. There's no, there's no, there's not many quarterbacks out there like him. And there's something about like seeing him throw 15, you know, feet over a guy's head that have you I, ever, I enjoy. Have you ever seen a quarterback like him? Sure, there's some comparisons to 
but not that inaccurate. The, the where mix, it came the in mix with, of good and bad I with that know. reputation. Like sure, like a Randall Cunningham or or even a Cam no, Cam Newton. Like Cam Newton, I think. I think he's like a, a poor man's Cam Newton at this. You know, at this point. For what sure. I'd love about it, because people, assuming people wouldn't all know that there was a genie doing this, which would take some of the sort of magic away from it for the viewer, is that you hear all these off-season stories whenever there's a quarterback that lack. It was you know Blake Bortles initially mechanics. Oh, I'm spending the off-season with Tom House. Uh, yeah, they, like, please. Oh. Always like, oh, you're going to come back and you're going to be good as new, and nothing really ever changes. They're always revealed to sort of this not really could have, be the next time house. It's, it definitely could be that. But what if it actually a quarterback did come back and suddenly was masterfully accurate with his running ability? The Bills suddenly go 12 and four, and the Patriots mm. with their zero tight end offense. Ben Watson, oh look at me! I took the wrong supplement. Four and twelve. Bye bye. Sometimes the Tom House stuff works. Matt Ryan's MVP year, mm. which is totally aberrant. Yeah, I don't mean career. to. I don't mean to. Like, that was take Tom, down Tom if, House. If, they, if that did happen, we'd probably wildly overrate that one season, like we did Blake Bortles in 2015. <laughs> Ouch. All right, moving on. You know, a lot of people are going to be surprised that I'm putting the turban on and going down to Nashville because ah, oh, you hate the Titans and all that. Well, I'm here to help uh, because good health and 16 starts for Marcus Mariota is the wish I grant to you Titans fans who you annoy the bejesus out of me in my mentions. But you know what? As I've said on the show, I respect your passion and that you you love your team and you believe in them. So that's what I, that, that's what I will bestow upon you. And that uh, doesn't say he's actually going to play well when he's healthy. I'm going to still leave that up to Marcus. But I'm going to say he's going to be healthy. Listen to these. Listen to this. This is crazy. Um uh, last year, he missed three starts and didn't finish three games due to in-game injuries. Here's the the full list of injuries that Mariota dealt with during the 2018 season. He had the ulnar nerve issue in his elbow, which gave him that the tingly throwing hand. That was week one. He had the next stinger against the Colts in week 11, re-aggravated it in week 16 against the Redskins, which cost him the big week 17 game. He did not play. He also had a cracked vertebrae. Plantar fa- uh, fasciitis. Fasciitis. Plantar fascia. Sure, that's not actually. <laughs> uh, he had a significant tear during the season. It became a full tear in week si- in week sixteen. He strained his oblique. He broke a rib, and he had a sprained AC jo- shoulder joint. Now, not not all of that, in my opinion, is bad luck. Um, maybe you're n- just not built for it. And w- and there was just a report today I, I read that he has gained 12 to 13 pounds. Now, why not just say 12 or 13? Oh, we saw him on TV. You can tell his, <laughs> yeah. his thighs are huge. He, this guy's put together. He looks physically built, and it all connects. The dots connect because he was a mess. He was not an NFL quarterback last year. He was like a regular guy on a field getting destroyed week after week. So that's the wish I grant. And you could find out, Titans fans, if he really is your golden boy uh, because given 16 w- games – uh, perhaps he could throw more than 11 touchdowns in a season. Do you have to take a connecting carpet when you're a genie and you're flying to Nashville? <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Liked it. Liked it. Enjoyed it. All right. Wes has been sitting on that genie <laughs> joke all episode. Oh, I have another one. I have another genie conundrum. This one will be for Greg. Greg, here's your choice if you choose to accept the wish, I transport you back to 1996, where you will be the greatest tennis prodigy since Boris Becker, who famously won Wimbledon as a 17-year-old in 1985. Well, now Greg is 17 in 1996. 
do you take it? Do you go back in time and become the tennis prodigy? And I classic genie move. You, you might say, yeah, 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 yeah. I love tennis. I'd love to be a star and rich and win all these tournaments. But guess what? Genies are all about butterfly effect and mm. like building it in the back end and you don't know what's coming. No doubt. You then obviously lose. Buyer beware. Emika and your children. Wow. Your life is going to take you all around the world. You're gonna, probably going to marry well, a model. that's not fair. Right. You can't answer You don't know that. You, that was Classic can't genie it. move. That means I'm not taking it. Right. But maybe... I don't know. Does that it, was like, a test. Does it wipe your memory? Yeah, I mean that would have been. Yes, it's a it's a wipe. But but I would know. Yeah, you can't do that. But uh, it sounds like fun, you know, competing like that at such a high level. What's better than that? I don't get into tennis analysis much, but Mark and I are the only ones in the room old enough to remember what a sensation Boris Becker was. I actually well, watched that 17. eighty-five match at was, my grandparents' house. He was the most fun athlete the, to watch. The, the pitch. What do you call it? Court. Did you guys know that he famously won Wimbledon as a 17-year-old in 1985? <laughs> Watched it. Watched the whole oh, thing. I think I would maybe be more like Michael Chang style winning the French Open as a 17-year-old. Chang bang. But then that Yeah. But I mean, no, I'm just saying cuz he's short. No kids. No. So, it definitely all. no. I'll say no then. Total memory wipe. Well, the way you framed it, there's no way I could I could do it in You good couldn't time. return home. Maybe I would have not thought it all the way through and just Quickly answered. The classic but, genie moves. Well, right. right. Does the genie offering always come with a huge audience listening? Like, because maybe if Greg, if it were a one-on-one thing, maybe he thinks differently about his answer. Off the what air, can tell he us say? what the true answer is, Greg. <laughs> all right. Uh, who is up? The order's all jammed. I'll, I'll right go. With, okay. Wait, are we going? Am I going to have two more or just one more? Well, uh, maybe a speed round one, but definitely whatever one you like more. Do now. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna grant uh, Jared Goff a great September. Jared Goff and Sean have one of those. a great September. Uh, it, and then what? Then it's up to him, kind of like the Mariota. And he's healthy. fine. I like that one. I just wanna, I just wanna, I want to avoid a lot of you know these cup these this, this one's a little selfish. I want to avoid that becoming a storyline. I want to avoid just that being in the air late September. Did did the Super Bowl cha- forever change the Rams? No, let's just just get off to a nice quick start. Play play your game. Move, move past that and then move on to the 2019 season. I like we'll anything a that's challenge. a narrative buster, but I think if you um, wanted to go an extra genie step, you would have thrown Todd Gurley in there too because that no. would have been a no. massive narrative buster. Well, well, Greg wants him to his career to be over. No. Oh, well, I didn't well, know he's, that. I don't know what's going to happen there. That's just an injury. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, who's up? Uh, Mark. I, I, I actually um, I should have gone off of yours, Deb. Ouch. Because it's Tennessee Titans related, and it's um, Ooh, I'm trying to, sloppy, di- trying to dig podcast. deep into my oh. genie powers, but I think actually the combination of yours and mine together. Mm. Um, well, I mean, one you could have s- just had an extra one and just taken this one out. No, this one had to be the way it was, but that's how it is. And it's, you know, the Titans get a lot of heat on this one, on our podcast, so maybe this is a, a healing episode. We'll see. But what I would do as genie is I would put the finishing touches on a covert technology project that went dark in 2012. A project known to a small pool of scientists as the NFL Draft Debuster Machine. Trademark, all rights reserved. What does the NFL Draft Debuster Machine do? Some backstory. In 2012, scientists at Bland Tech Industries in Wildwood, New Jersey, were weeks away from putting the finishing touches One on One second. A- I've been to Wildwood, New Jersey. There are no scientists in Wildwood, New Jersey. <laughs> Not above ground. Go on with your story. Not above ground. I just wanted to say that. Not above ground. <laughs> finishing touches on a carbon steel housing unit in, that in layman's terms would allow them to feed draft bus 
into said unit and have them emerge as draft home runs. The only caveat being wow. that these draft busts must willingly or unwillingly hand over their DNA to the fine folks over at Blantech Industries. These scientists would then feed that DNA into the carbon steel housing unit to illustrious results. For example, in goes the acquired DNA of Vernon Golston. Out comes a gold mine for the New York Jets, a monstrous, peak-conditioned, pass-rushing terror for Adam Gase to unleash. What a healing balm for fans. You can pull out that dusty Justin Blackman jersey and put it right back on because with one like strand it. of Blackman's hair, he's back, baby, and ready to spin 1,800-yard seasons for Nick Foles and the Jags. Greg's wish. Mm. There are deeper ethical issues involved with the project. Yeah, I mean, I hope they have like some substance abuse counseling and everything. Yeah. They would come out with none of that being an issue. It's, like, little, they, it's, just, me- it's messy, too. Just the perfect peak condition. But as Genie, I'm looking past all the issues for the Titans because here's what I do. I'm swapping out hot and cold Marcus Mariota with his 406 injuries mm. and his 28 position coaches in favor of a supercharged back-from-the-abyss version of Jake Locker, ready to lead the team into the next decade. Titans fans, you can thank me later and send a nice little note to Blantech Industries in Wildwood Underground in Wildwood, New <laughs> That'd Jersey. That'd be far underground. I'd like to escort 2019 Joey Votto to Wildwood, New Jersey, pop him into that machine and see what comes out. Mm. Watch a tram car, please. Um, mm. Wow, that's that would be the, the idea of Jake Locker coming back into our lives. I just get goosebumps. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a powerful machine. Supercharged, Jake Locker. None of the former flaws. Well, yeah. Great athlete. Illustrious, non-draft bus, no desires to leave, to follow outside of life. I think he issues. was also worried about concussion issues. Not anymore. One of those, yeah. All right, let's uh, qu- a quick one around the horn, Greg. All right, I will, uh, I'm going to grant a wish to uh, Russell Wilson. I grant Russell a coach that allows him to throw the ball a lot more. Now, I don't know if this is going to be Brian Schottenheimer finding religion or uh, or just a different coach. That's what I wish for Russell Wilson and the receivers to catch it, too. I will grant a wish to my beloved New York Jets that they get this GM fiasco under control and end up with the right guy. And I'll even give you the guy, Joe Douglas of the Philadelphia Eagles. Everyone, hosannas about Joe Douglas. Put him in the chair and make sure it's not a yes-man situation and get that house in order because if Adam Gase is not the answer and he gets a yes-man and the Jets go under and they're firing everybody in two years, not only is that another two years uh, out of the playoffs for a team that hasn't been there in a decade, you're messing with Sam Darnold's future. And I will not stand for that. I've waited too long for Sam Darnold for ineptitude in the front office. So I grant... Mm organization and trust in the highest reaches of that front. I like Wes. Travis Frederick, Cowboys center, stays healthy, resumes a high quality of life after months of suffering. Cowboys offensive line vies with the Cowboys linebacker core as the most dominant position group in football and forces Greg Rosenthal (laughs) to take the second half of their 2018 season seriously for once. (laughs) <laughs> it always circles back to Greg. I love it. Greg <laughs> acts like the Cowboys were barely 500 in the second half of the season, just sneaked, sneak into the playoffs, and are now a terrible team. Greg, you don't even get to answer them. Cause the way I this, love the Cowboys. Kind of they were the 25th <laughs> offense in the league. It was a great defense and a lousy offense. That's what misleading. Mark. 
quick one for me. I think for Carson Wentz, after all he's been through the last couple of years, to have a healthy season that he finishes in MVP form the way that we saw him back when he was a top notch. And we put all this Nick Foles drama behind him and his career resumes because I loved him when he was good. And I feel like what he's been through is more than you could ask most quarterbacks to deal with. There you go. And one final, final genie conundrum for Mark Sessler. Mark, I can place you on the grassy knoll, Dealey Plaza, 11:22:63, at 11:30 a.m. Central Time, or I can give you the opportunity to relive that summer of 1993 at that camp in Connecticut you're always going on about. <laughs> well, all right, that was not 93, but um, 97. That was before this. I would take the. I would take Camp Wyatt. Camp Wyahasic. What is it? Camp no. Jewel. Camp Jewel. Camp that Wyatt. was later on. I would take the summer though, <laughs> even the summer of '93, because I don't. I think that '93. Anything else where you're trying to change history, like I would be concerned about. The, and how do I get back? Uh, if you want a little more detail, I, I give you 24 hours at in Dallas. I guess you could say that the if you want to go by the rule of greater good, preventing like a chaotic. <laughs> Um, unwanted death of a president shooting. would be better than reliving like a bunch of beer parties at a neighbor's house. So maybe mm. I'll go gla- grassy knoll for you. Mm. Well, so you assume you can stop it. Oh, I know I can. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it'd be a nice time catching up with all those friends. And you're in the prime of your life. Maybe the Gulf of Tonkin never happens. Remember those days? By I mean, the you, might just, yeah, go you, the, go you might good. just get shot on the grassy knoll. Well, you got to go greater good. Sitting around the fire. First girlfriends, first kiss. 93? What Listen do you think? To- I was born in 1983? <laughs> <laughs> You're 10 years old with kisses? Listening to the new Pearl Jam album. <laughs> so that sounds good to me. No, you. I, I, I initially wavered, but I've taken the more responsible route here, I believe. You're a good man, Mark Sessler. Um, there you go. Good genie work. Genies are hot. We surf that zeitgeist. Um, we'll be back later this week at a, a day to be determined. Thursday, right? Thursday. The answer is Thursday. Oh, I didn't know if there I didn't know either. But now I know because you seem confident. I think so. Okay. Got that whole schedule. Let's do another show on Thursday. <laughs> All right. This is it. Stan <laughs> 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 Hansen signing off for. We've never podcasted before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Storm the mailman, the old boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.